I want to start this morning's preach by immediately mentioning the title of the message. You really, it's always great to make notes. I know we do send them out, but there's often things that you may kind of pick up as we go through our um, preach that, that God wants you to particularly take note of. So um, the title of this message this morning is simply this, Good Morning Holy Spirit. Good Morning Holy Spirit. And um, I, I, in starting this, I want to exhort us to the reality of who the person of the Holy Spirit is and, and how he really wants to be in our lives. <clears throat> we've, um, we've been, been in, on this journey talking about how to become like Jesus, how to become like God, and we, we started off talking about Holy Spirit, and, and it's now been five weeks in a row that we have continued to talk about Him. I think it's right that we do so because... Uh, I think most people on earth, and I believe believers, I say believers, have, have various different understandings of who Holy Spirit is. And I think it's one of the primary things that, that God wants to restore to us. And once He comes in and He helps us to see who He is, then we can start seeing who the Father is and Jesus is even more. And so I have the sense that... that God has taken us on five weeks already to help us see who Holy Spirit is. And this morning we're going to carry on. And I trust that he will reveal through us reading through scripture um, just who he is. And that's why, coming back to the title, uh, I want to ask you what you think when you hear a statement like that. You don't have to answer, but just when you hear somebody say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What comes to your mind? Does it, does it make you feel like Holy Spirit is, is real? I trust it will. Um, when you hear that, does it make you feel like Holy Spirit is near? That he's, that he's not possible to be ignored? I know that when we gather and when we see people and when we move around in, in our communities, we, we notice people and we say, hey, good morning and Whatever time of the day it may be, good afternoon, we, we recognize one another. Sometimes it's sad, and how many of you have often heard this? I saw him and he just kind of ignored me. Never said hello. Never said good morning. It's good to see you, Tabo. That is Tabo. Hey, just want to make sure. <laughs> it's great to see you. Anyway, and, and isn't it strange that we do have that, where we kind of walk past somebody and, man, I just maybe sometimes deliberately ignored them or I just didn't notice them. And when we, for instance, just say, good morning, Holy Spirit, maybe it's just a simple way for us to be reminded that He is real and that we want to and ought to recognize His presence. I think He's, He should be more real to us than people around us. As much as you see one another and you can look around and, and see people, I hope that you are aware of the, peop of the fact that there are people around you. Huh? The point is this, that Holy Spirit in you is more real than they who are around you. But isn't it funny that we would firstly recognize each other but almost ignore Him that's inside of us? And somehow we've got to see that that 
redeemed the reality of who Holy Spirit is inside of us. And, and as much as we want to, good morning, Cheryl, it's good to see you. And good morning, Theo, and blessing, and, and everybody. But there's a greater reality that should be with us than just the people around us. And it's He who is inside of us. And I think we are more aware of this than this. Because this controls us and influences us and, and throws us off God and of course. But the one inside of us that wants to keep us on track, we're not connected to him often. We're not aware of him. And so we allow this stuff to, to determine the inside. So the storms out there determine whether I'm in a storm or not. And the one inside of me who's the, who's the Prince of Peace, who reveals Jesus to me, who wants to calm me, I'm like, I'm ignoring him. That's why, good morning, Holy Spirit. It's just such a simple way for me to say that I recognize him. And that's, there's other ways, obviously, to recognize his presence. But for me to just to say, hello, Holy Spirit, it's just a, a simple way, and I try to often do that, and it's not a formula, there's not a trick to it, it's just a simple practice that I try to develop in my life to not ignore him, because he doesn't want to be ignored. And, and five weeks now, we've been talking about him, because I believe he, he wants us to realize who he is. And so... I want to just take you to about five or so portions of Scripture this morning to help us, again, understand just how real Holy Spirit wants to be. So let's, let's then start at um, Genesis. We're going to go to Genesis right in the beginning where everything started from, and, and we're going to read three verses from there. So it's very easy to find, okay? If you don't know where to go to, it's just right to the beginning. If you swipe your device, same thing. You know, find Genesis chapter 1. If you're there, just shout something. If you're not shouting, then obviously you don't know. If it's worse, it's worse. Nobody's shouting yet. Yeah, there you go. That's it. I like it. All right. So it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So it's very clear who's prominent. Amen. God. All right. It says, God appears on the scene. God created the heavens and the earth. But before this whole creation takes place, there's something that we've got to notice. And that's in verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the earth, or the deep. So there's it's kind of like nothing there. No form, it's empty, it's dark. And so, in the that very moment in this context, someone is introduced. It says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I love that. And here we are introduced to the Spirit of God for the first time ever. In the midst of this, we're not just introduced to God who created the heavens, we're introduced to, to His Spirit. 
and, and the shaping of creation is about to happen that prepares the place for humans to come and dwell on to reveal who this God is, but it's not happening yet. And, and right in that very moment, Holy Spirit is introduced. And it's amazing that in the midst of nothingness and, and emptiness and darkness, we have the Spirit of God introduced. And so what next is important, is so important for us to see. Because if we look at that word spirit, your Bible has it, correct? All right. Not just talking about something, it's someone. If your Bible says something, change your Bible. Get a new one. Because it's someone that is there. And so when we look at that Hebrew word for spirit, it's this beautiful word called ruach. You've got to go on it. can't go on it. Ruach. It's ruach. C-H is pronounced. And when you're Afrikaans speaking, it helps. Because those sounds are very familiar to us. So ruach, the Spirit of God, is introduced. And the meaning of the word ruach is really simply breath or wind. And so here we find that, that breath in a person is introduced. And when God uses these, these ways to reveal himself, it's so that we can understand. God is more than just wind and breath, all right? But he uses those words so that you and I can comprehend a little bit about who God is. And so when he comes and he says, my ruach, my breath is here, there's very, something very important that we've got to understand. How many of you are breathing? If you're not nodding, you haven't heard that question yet, or you're fast asleep, or you're, you're, you're dead. There's only three options. All right. All right. You're all alive? So now when you take your hand, and you put it in front of your face, and you just, you can talk, and you can take your mask off just for them, because your hand will become your mask, just to kind of like ease you, right? Just say hello. Hello. So hello. Can you feel it? Did you feel something? And you heard it too, hey. You felt breath. You felt breath because you are alive. <laughs> Amen. So there's life in your, in your breath. So when God introduces Holy Spirit to us in this moment, He says, not only is breath available, but there's life available. Well done. Good on you. There's life available. And so God introduces life in the midst of death. There's nothing. It's empty. It's dark. And so the Spirit of God, which is the breath of God, is introduced to us. It says, there's life here, guys. And life can come. So get what, guess what happens next? So here God is releasing His, his life when He... It says the first in verse 4, is it? No, no, verse 3. And God, what did God do? You sorry? He says, I can't hear with these muffled voices. God spoke. God said. And so the moment God spoke, the ruach of God, the life of God created life. Do you see that? Come on, you're going to be with me this morning. All right, it's not that cold. All right, the brain is not frozen. It's out there. It's, you're alive, okay? So when God spoke, He spoke life, and life produced 
life. And so God says, my ruach, my life is here. And when he speaks, his ruach, his life creates life. It's beautiful, isn't it? So when the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as the breath of God, it means that the life of God is experienced through the presence of Holy Spirit and today in every believer. So now if you say, I have Holy Spirit living inside of me, you have the very life of God inside of you that breathes through you, not just physically, but spiritually. So when Holy Spirit is in you like He is, because we believe every born-again believer receives the Spirit of God to come and live within Him, the very life of God is in you. So you're not alone, first of all. That's why we recognize, good morning, Holy Spirit. Your life is in me. I'm not dead. I'm alive. I'm not overcome by sin. I have an ability to say no to sin. I have not been given a spirit of fear because the world out there is in fear. But your life in me, your ruach in me, gives me life. And so I can be alive. Again, we, we're breathing this morning, right? We've, 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 we've managed to secure that at least. All of you are breathing. The fact that the question we need to ask is, how many of you are breathing spiritually? Because we ought to, and we're able to. Because the Ruach of God lives inside of you, people. So, every time we see then God speaks, something happens. You see that throughout the, the first six days. Every, God, every time God speaks, and the breath of God like, is felt in, upon the earth, it produces life. So now, when the Spirit of God lives inside of you and me, and we speak as He unctions us, and, and Clive spoke so well about that last week, about this, man, I feel, how do we sense His presence? How do we respond to Him? Is it unctioning? Is it just feeling upon me that, man, you know, just sensing something in my heart stirring, and I speak, and I act. It's the very breath of God that works through us. You see, I think we become so aware of the, of the death outside there that it overshadows the life of God inside of us. Hence, good morning, Holy Spirit. I recognize your presence. I recognize your life in me. I want to live according to the life of God in me. So the first reference to the Holy Spirit in the Bible gives us an idea of what He's able to do. He is life, and He produces life, and He brings about life. He's the one who gives life. He's the one who gives form and shape and direction to our lives. You read this as a, as a supportive verse. I want to take you just quickly to Psalm 33. Beautiful verse here that speaks about this. Psalm 33 verse 6 says, the psalm is saying this, and it's probably David. He says, by the word of God, the heavens were made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their host. So what God breathes, what he speaks, life produces life. And produces something that wasn't. So when you sit in a situation and there's nothingness, it's empty, it's dark, 
Don't speak dark. Don't speak emptiness. Don't speak void. But speak life as the Spirit of God who is within you stirs you to speak life. And I think we, far for long, we, we've just spoken too much death. We speak life over Zimbabwe. This country will be a country that's not recognized by its old virtues, but by the virtues that God wants it to have. What is the most famous virtue that this country was known by? It's the breadbasket of Africa. And now everybody says, if only we can get back to being the breadbasket of Africa again. But God says, no, if my spirit stirs within you something more, why don't you start speaking that? Why don't you start believing that? And not just what it was, but what I want it to be now. Instead of speaking what, oh, no, it'll never. And, and everybody, you know what people are saying? Oh, this, that's going to go wrong, and this is going to go wrong, and that's going to continue. And, and people say that about South Africa, and, oh, you guys are going there where we've been. And all we do is just speaking death. Come on. Come on, let's speak life, because the one who is life is within us. About your future, about your family, about your job, about your finances, about your health. What are we saying? Because if we're not speaking life, we are actually rejecting and, and, and rebelling against this life within us that wants to ruach through us. See what happens in Genesis 2. Let's go there quickly. Genesis 2, just something more about, kind of like similar to what we found in, in Genesis 1. We see this story here in in verse 5, let's read from verse 5. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small, small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And way, way to go for those people that are working the ground. Uh-huh. We just have some people amongst us that did it yesterday in the cold. Well done, Kilton and Adelaide, working in the fields. Um, anyway, it says in verse 6, And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then it says in verse 7, Then the Lord God formed a man of dust out of a pile of dirt from the ground. And what did he do? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. So here we have a pile of dust. Just dirt. Nothing. Same as what we found in verse 1, isn't it? Verse 2 of chapter 1. There's nothing. It's empty. It's void. It's dark. You just take a little bit of dust and God forms man out of it and he ruachs. He breathes over man. And what does man become? Alive. Alive. So you and I are just dirt without God. Jeez, that's lovely this morning, hey? Come to church and people tell you, oh, you're just a pile of dust. That's all you are, a pile of dirt. But without God, really, that's who we are. Without God, we're empty. We've, we, we, there's nothing in us. But when God breathes upon us, like His Spirit comes to live inside of us, He brings life to us, to our mortal bodies. And He makes us come alive. So you are more alive than what you actually think you are, my friend. You are and we're not anybody special because of that. We are alive because of the Spirit of God inside of us. We've got to recognize that. Man was formed from the dust of the earth. And God breathes life into this lifelessness. And that's exactly what the Spirit of God does. 
His Ruach comes and breathes into our lives and takes what is dead and makes it come alive. You and I cannot manufacture this Ruach of God in us. We can try to stay healthy physically and we can do our bit, but spiritually we are absolutely dependent upon Him to breathe into our lives. And He breathes from within so I don't have to go to a meeting like this this morning to experience the Ruach of God. I just recognize and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Spirit of God. Thank you that you're with me. Thank you that as I go into this and I go into that, and that I'm not ever alone. Job 33, why don't you just go there with me as we just consider just something else to support what we're talking about. We... Um, we look into Job chapter 33, um, and I want to read you something special from there, where this guy Elihu makes the statement. It says in verse 3, the spirit, no, verse 4 rather, chapter 33, Job, says the spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. The breath of the Almighty. You look into that Hebrew word there, it's the Ruach of God. It's the breath of God. And the breath of God today is inside of us. He has come. And in the Old Testament, we've spoken about it, where He lived inside of individuals for a specific purpose. Today, He lives inside of every believer that confesses the name of Jesus. And his Ruach lives inside of you and me. And so, the Spirit of God is God's life amongst us, inside of us, to through us bring life to a crazy world. But first of all, he comes to bring life to you and me. And so in a sense, we have no excuse to say, well, I feel so empty. How many, we, how many times have we not thought about that? Man, I just, just feel like I'm lifeless. I just, I know we get physically tired, and, and I understand that, that we need rest again to kind of re, get refreshed. But there's never a time in our lives where we spiritually actually can say, well, I'm, I'm without life. Because if I do, I'm actually denying the very presence of God inside of me. As much as we don't want to deny each other the attention and say, good morning, Clive, when I see him. So I don't want to deny and disregard the presence of Holy Spirit within me and say, well, I'm, I just feel so flat, man. I just have nothing to give. But if I tap into he that is within me and I allow him to show me what life is actually available, and it changes the way. I think. There's this beautiful portion of scripture that we're not going to have time to go through in detail, but if you would like to do yourself a favor, go and study Ezekiel chapter 37. There's something so amazing about this. This is a prophetic word that, um, that God gives to a man called Ezekiel. So he's, he sees this picture. It, it, it's not a real life picture. It's a, it's a vision that he sees about what God wants to do with the Jews and the Israelite people, that they have gone through a lot of turmoil and, and they've actually gone through it and they, they seem to be dead. 
And so he shows Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 37. He sees this vision of this valley, this vast valley. And inside this valley are just bones, human bones. And when you look at just that, obviously the first picture that comes to your mind is, man, there's no life there. It looks terrible. I think of that scene in, is it um, the Lion King? Where, what was the, the uncle's name? In, hey? Scar. Scar. Remember where Scar and the hyenas ruled? Man, it looked ugly, hey? It's like bones and they just, there's no, there's no caring for the nature. The side where, where, where Simba and his dad was, I mean, it's like, man, it's cool. It looks, there's, there's life there. But Scar and his, and his followers, it's just emptiness. It's darkness. There's no life. And kind of like makes you think of this picture of the Valley of the Dry Bones. There's just nothing there. Destruction has come. And so God shows this to Ezekiel and he says, Ezekiel, what do you see? And Ezekiel is like, God, I mean, it's obvious. It's just a Valley of Dry Bones. God says, I see more than what you see. I see something that can actually become a huge army. Wow, I just see bones. And what God then helps him through is to show him what will happen. And he starts prophesying. He says to him, Ezekiel, start prophesying what I see, not what you see. Start speaking what God sees and not what you see, Ezekiel. Makes you think, hey. We look across Zimbabwe and we see a valley of dry bones. And what do we speak? Dry bones. God says, my ruach within you wants to speak through you. You look at your family and you may look at it and it's a valley of dry bones. You look at your finances and you look at it, it's a valley of dry bones. And you, and you look at your health and you look at what and all around you and it says, dry bones, there's no life there. God says, let my spirit within you rise up within you. So that I can speak through you. Let my ruach function through you. And so we find this incredible thing that actually the word ruach appears in this chapter about eight times. Because as he, as he shows him this, um, Ezekiel says, oh God, you know, uh, you know what could, this, what could happen from this. And, and then he said to me, God saying, prophesy over these bones in verse 4 and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. It's crazy yeah, that we would speak to dry bones. Maybe there's some dry bones in our lives that need to be spoken to. The word of the Lord. It says there, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5 says, thus says the Lord to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter you. I will cause ruach to enter you. And you shall live. You are dry now. But you have the potential to be alive. And what is required? The Ruach of God. But you need to hear from me, Ezekiel saying, for instance, that the Ruach of God is coming upon you. So somebody needs to be the spokesperson about what is about to happen. And God puts that in our hands. Because he spirit, He's put His Spirit in our lives. And so He says, as my Spirit is in you, I want you to speak my word. And my intention. And my plans. For your life, for your family's life, for your friends, for your city. 
That's why when Clive was saying, we need to pray for the health of the city. Because in the health of the city, in the blessing of the city, we find our own blessing. So no, 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 no. I want to be blessed so that the city can only. No, no. We pray for the city. God bless the city so that through my life, there's something positive can happen in this world. And so this is what Ezekiel finds himself in. It says, I will put my breath in you. And so it says in verse 6, And I will lay sinews upon you, and you cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. I love this. We, we drop down, and we can't repeat everything it says here. But in verse 14, listen to this. It says, I will put my spirit. Again, the word spirit here is translated in Hebrew as ruach, which is the wind, breath. I will put my ruach within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. So God's confirmation is, this valley is dry, there's no life. I mean, there's a, that's a wonderful preach to talk about. We see bones, God sees an army. You see dry land, God sees fertile soil and what it can produce. You see a broken family, God sees a restored household. We see dilapidated lives and broken lives and, and dysfunctional lives. God sees restored lives and passionate people following their God. And so I want to encourage you today, we're looking at a lot of dryness, and we're physically even dry at the moment. We look at, I hear just stories of all the dams and that they're so dry. What does God see? What does God want you and I to speak over our land? Let's allow the Spirit of God within us to stir within us that which He wants to speak through us. Let's not let the dryness determine our speech. But let's allow the Spirit of God determine our speech because life would come from that. The last verse is something that we've focused on for a while and we've been alluding a lot to what Jesus says because we've just been in the Old Testament now and it's so good to, for us to be able to see that in the Old Testament, Holy Spirit is real. So when we go to the New Testament, and particularly in John chapter 14, we find here that, that, that the Ruach is spoken of again. And so for the first time now, Jesus is actually referring to what the Spirit of God will come and do. He's been with his disciples, and he's, and he's been around them, and he's performed amazing things, and now he prepares them to leave, and, and we've spoken about that he said, it's better that I go away. But here, when, we, when he introduces the Holy Spirit to us, he uses Greek language, all right? That's the, old, that's the New Testament language. And the, and the word for spirit in the New, New Testament is, is pneuma. And so pneuma also means breath or wind. So the ruach of the Old Testament is the pneuma of the New Testament. And so when God says through Jesus, I will put my spirit within you, he says, I will put my breath in you. That he will breathe through you. He will speak through you. He will live through you. And he will bring life to your mortal bodies so that you can bring life to this world that is in desperate need. Because the world is what? Empty, void, and in darkness. 
And so God wants to. John 14, just quickly want to read this to you as a last portion of Scripture. It says, if you love me, he says in verse 15, Jesus speaking, you will keep my commandments. Now immediately, even if we just read that, we're like, man, I don't know how to love God. And then never mind keeping his commandments. I'm going to do all of this. It's so, so huge. It is so big to love God the way that he wants me to love him. Then guess who comes onto the scene? He says, and I will ask. It's almost like Jesus is saying, guys, don't worry. You're not going to be able to manage this on your own. But guess what? I'm going to give you someone. He says, I will ask the Father and give you another helper to be with you forever. That's key. To be with you forever. Even the spirit, the pneuma of truth, the wind of truth, the breath of truth, whom the world cannot receive. The world doesn't know the spirit of God. Maybe the world is aware of the fact that they can breathe and their heart's pumping and all the rest, but they have no spiritual life in them. It doesn't know the spirit of God. But you, you understand, because neither it sees him nor knows him. You know him, he says in this latter part of verse 17. For he dwells with you and will be in you. His life is inside of us, people. His life is not out there on a Sunday at a particular meeting. His life is not just in some of these well-known speakers um, and and preachers and, and, and authors of books. His life is in you and me. Yeah, his pneuma. Old Testament be referred to his ruach. And so here we find just such a beautiful picture of the understanding that he is with us. And then he, he even goes further. He says, remember now, you will not be alone. He will be with you forever. And here he comes practically to tell you also what he will do. It says, I will give you another helper. The word helper here, if we just kind of keep on digesting or digging deep into some of the original language because it helps us to understand. The word for for helper is paraclete. How many of your Bibles has a different word for helper? There would be. Anybody else? Different word for helper. No one? Some Bibles would say comforter. All right? The helper is called paraclete, which has two rude words to help us understand its meaning. The first word is para, to come along, to be close beside, para, like paramedic, uh-huh. and parachute. Uh-huh. It saves you from, from falling and killing yourself when you jump out of a plane. So para comes alongside. Cleat, or the original word is kaleo, is to come along to make a call. So the paracleto, or the paraclete that comes alongside of us, helps us to make a call about life and, 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 and introduces us to what we're supposed to see. And, and it has this meaning like an advocate that comes alongside us to make a call on our behalf. One who pleads our cause on our behalf. It's more than just a comforter. A comforter sometimes is seen as somebody that helps you through your sadness. No, this kind of comforter or advocate or helper is the one who encourages us to be courageous. He makes a call on our behalf. So I can't, I can't. He says, I'm your advocate. I will come along and I'll make a call. I'll come alongside you, be close to you. That when you can't defend yourself, I will. When you can't do it on your own, I will work through you. I will support you. I will be that helper 
as the Bible says. And he brings this life to us. He comes alongside us. And he helps us to do what we could never do on our own. He breathes through us. This is Holy Spirit. That's why when we say, good morning, Holy Spirit, we recognize that he is within me. He is the paraclete that comes alongside and helps me. And helps me to make the right call. And helps me to speak life. And helps me to identify life. Helps me to, to understand what God is busy doing. This is who he is. This is how he wants to help us. This is how he wants to work through us. And so simply, this morning, an encouragement that I want to give to you just as a prayer would be, just pray this in your own heart, not right now necessarily, because it's not just this moment, but it's a lifestyle thing. But it's this, Holy Spirit, help me to know you as a very life of God in me, and help me live my daily life with this truth established in me. That when I refer to you, it's not someone over there. It's good morning, Holy Spirit. There's nobody else around, but no, you are. And right now, even in this very moment, we, Holy Spirit, I recognize you. You're inside of me. The Ruach of God wants to live in you, and he is, and he wants to work through you. And he wants to bring life into your life and into your situation as you allow him to, as you recognize him. It's so easy to ignore him because we are surrounded by stuff. But it's important that we stop and say, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Holy Spirit, just simple ways to help us become more aware of his incredible indwelling presence. The very presence of God is inside of you. It's not found in a place. It's not found in a gathering. It's not found in a meeting. It's not found in one person where you have to go to and see. He lives inside of you and me. Let's pray. I want to just allow us to, to have a moment of reflecting on him. Not just what I said, but on him and his very presence. And so Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are with us. That you are with me. I need to recognize that as you sit there. Let's just say this to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for being in me. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you're in me. Thank you that you are Ruach, functions through me, functions in me to bring life to my mortal body, to my mind, to help me see differently. But it also, you also want to, Lord, Holy Spirit, you want to function through me to bring life to my surrounding. And I've called to be a witness of who you are, and it's so easy when I allow the Ruach of God to just flow through me. And so right now, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence. 
We thank you that you're inside of us. And our prayer is that we will never, ever forget about you and forget about what you've come to be and who you've come to be and what you've come to do in us and through us. I pray help us with this, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. Amen. Thank you so much, Vesi. Uh, just reminded me of um, of a, a movie back in the days uh, where now I've forgotten the actor. He would say, "Good morning, Vietnam," oh, yeah. and it was in the midst of uh, of uh, a war, and he was a voice of of life. And uh, I, I think we 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 should uh, realize that the one who lives inside of us is life. The Bible says, out of our belly shall flow rivers of living waters. And this Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit. So um, have a, a great uh, week uh, or weekend um, and um, enjoy yourself with the Holy Spirit. He's inside of you and he lives and continues to, to speak to you and uh, live through you. So you are, you are, you're welcome to to get up and uh, go home. <laughs>